0: Good morning, listeners. What do you reckon to that new music I'm playing at the start? How cool is that, right? That is uh, Dancing Icicles from uh, a dance album by Michael Ben Hayen, volume five, should you want to go and find it. You are listening this morning to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM. If you haven't joined us before, this is a show that covers health and well being through connection to people people in our community and people beyond who share with us their experiences, their decision-making and consequences, and regardless of age, their innate wisdom. By discerning and getting a sense of what is transferable from what these guests share, we can then choose to apply the relevant aspect in our lives and in our community and develop programs that found a more sustainable, loving and heartfelt way to be with each other, thereby improving our physical and our mental health. Today's show is with Gabrielle Caplice and Annette Baker. Welcome. Morning, Lucy. Good morning, Morning, Lucy. And we're going to be talking about same-sex relationships. Now, the 17th of May is International Day Against Homophobia. And it is worth considering how much this day is needed as the world and its opinion on same-sex relationships evolves. This last year has been enormous in terms of bringing the conversation about gay relationships to the fore for everyone's conversation. This this year we had a vote on same-sex marriage. And putting this into perspective, most countries with similar backgrounds like the US, Canada, England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales all have legalised same-sex marriage. Did you hear that, by the way? Ireland. I may come back to them. It's not legal anywhere in Asia, Saudi Arabia, Africa, actually except South Africa, and it's mixed across Europe. The Netherlands, Arabia, yes, Portugal, France, Spain, Germany, and out of the countries that have legalised same-sex marriage, 21 made the decision via a parliamentary vote, which is how Australia have done it. But only Australia have had a non binding postal vote before they decided to make their decision the issue was to allow same-sex couples to marry but protect religious freedoms there were two bills put forward one by senator dean smith and one by senator james patterson both liberals and they divided their party as um, senator james patterson's protected the religious freedoms aspect of the bill slightly more than the other it brought into questions how politicians would vote uh, and the government decided that the decision was their own um, but they wanted to see how the nation would vote. I'm sure there was internal political pressure to do that and they they just weren't going to make it um, as we had elected them to, to do so where they have made that decision on so many other votes. This one in particular, they decided to go to um, a $122 million plebiscite And the people had a non-binding opportunity to vote. And the people voted yes. Mm. That, interestingly, did not mean the politicians would follow suit. Many said that they would uh, wait and see how their electorate voted. And um, the vote representing the electorate that had put them in parliament, I should say. And others said they would ignore that and vote with their conscience. In the end... The lower house voted uh, 76% yes and the upper house voted 73% yes. On the receiving end of all this were people, human beings, who had their, their relationship up for conversation by people who really had no <laughs> right to have an opinion <laughs> in a way. I mean, I find it extraordinary that we... It, I mean, I, maybe I grew up... It was never an issue for me. Love is love. It was just never, I I never saw it as a big issue. But clearly that is not the same when a baby is brought into a family where they have either strict religious beliefs or they have, um, I'm really trying not to use the word bigoted, but hey, uh, slightly reduced versions of what love is. Gabrielle Capleason and Annette Baker have been uh, regulars on our show. They have given us amazing insight into relationships. And they've been in a relationship now for 17 years. So I can't imagine anyone better to have a conversation about same-sex relationships and every other word that we could call it with other than you in the studio with me. So welcome and thank you.
1: Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. A pleasure.
0: How was it to have everybody else having an opinion on what your relationship should be could be and might be like
2: um i'll start then um look it was intense lucy and it was almost like we were going through a period of of uh, a flashback of when we first came out because it arose in everyone's bodies the need to have this kind of conversation or to have some kind of conjecture about what was going on and whether people were trying to be fair about it or not it felt that we were under scrutiny and I was surprised for myself because I'm quite solid in myself as a woman now and in my sexuality I don't even ever think about it it's just like yeah, it's it's just who I am in my expression, but I was surprised at how it it did affect me at times. You know, when I'd see things on the news or I'd hear people talking about it at dinner parties or I'd see things in the paper, I did feel this tremendous um, force around us and scrutinizing the gay community and I I really didn't feel like that was fair and mm. it reminded me of when I first came out you know the tension because it's it's you having to bring yourself out underneath this label that says you are this when you never put the label on yourself in the first place.
0: No absolutely.
2: And so you're immediately on the back foot feeling like you have to defend or validate or justify yourself in some way. Um, No one can appreciate what that feels like unless you are a person that has been scrutinized in a minority or labeled in some way. And there are many people in in walks of life that suffer this, you know. Um, And when you actually feel the pressure of that, it is intense so i i guess i wasn't prepared for that i didn't really appreciate that it was going to to feel the way that it did and when the country voted yes i you know I naturally had tears of joy but just also there was a relief in my body and i remember for days after feeling the surrender of like oh thank god you know cuz I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if it had been a no vote. How intense that would have been. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was my personal
1: experience of it.
2: What
0: about you, Annette?
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, similarly, it was. It was a really. It 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 was a. It was a very. Um, as I've said before, uncomfortable. But that's really downplaying the feeling of what it was. But it was a very. Um, Ah, oh, it was not a good feeling it and and we were both surprised and friends that we've spoken to we were all very surprised at the feelings that it arose in us the fact that there was this vote of course a lot of um, a lot of gay people have want have been have been um you know campaigning for same sex marriage for years and years and years and dedicated a lot of their lives to that um but, so then you know you 'd have a lot of people coming up to you saying isn 't it fantastic that the vote's happening and But for us for for a lot of the for us and a lot of people we spoke to it didn 't feel exciting as <laughs> it felt no. actually very abusive, which that was the surprising part that finally this vote had come around, but the way in which it was put on the table, as you said even even if the populace came back with a majority, that was no guarantee that the that the government would decide that you know fantastic that they did and it and it and it has it has changed things but um it was yeah it was not a pleasant time it was um
2: almost feels a bit medieval yeah that's what it
0: that's what it felt like (laughs) to me you know we we also we're in a different era now because we have social media and the people who are on social media can be uh, anonymous and they can be hidden and they can say what they want and it brings out more vitriol and Mm. that you hide behind the word freedom of speech but it's nasty so you're not necessarily putting yourself out to have a decent conversation or a conversation that is putting a topic in the middle of the room and discussing it without taking it personally. This seemed to be personal for everyone, mm-hmm. whether or not you had anyone in your family who uh, who was of who, who was questioning, who was uh, uh, completely committed and engaged and 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 had come out years ago. And we're talking all ages here. Mm. Everybody would be watching and listening because you might have someone in your family who is questioning, who hasn't come out yet, who hasn't acknowledged within themselves that actually this deep unrest within themselves is because they're not living the true and whole them for fear of exactly what came out in that time. And yeah. I, I know that in in the youth work area, there was a lot of concern that there would be a higher spike of mental health, self-harm and, and perhaps mm. even suicide as a result of the conversations that were happening i also aware that there are adults who've lived their whole lives under the guise of another way of living because they have never felt that they would be accepted if they allowed their true expression, and perhaps it's something they do undercover or in secret. And they too would have felt... That's why I don't come out. That's yeah. why I don't speak up. That's why I don't live who I truly am. It's true.
1: And you know, I'll just say one thing to that. You know, for us, we've always lived very openly who we are. It's not, not an issue for us. But during that time, you know, on the occasion that we would turn the the news on and there would be a story about it and with the No campaign being so strong, it, it really was... You had to be very, very solid in yourself to not... Um, Feel like there was a great force of energy trying to to reduce you to 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 feeling insignificant.
0: Well, and biologically wrong. Mm. Yeah, because absolutely. that is what they tried to say. It was an anomaly. It was wrong. It's not godlike. I mean, they were pulling in things and words that were vicious mm. and and could really undermine. And the, the reason why. I am so pleased to have you both in the studio is because I have read and heard and listened to um, to you write and, and speak about your experiences. And you both are very at ease and solid. So I know that having this conversation is a confirmation for you and it's not actually going to bring things up for you. But we have listeners who it might bring things up for. Mm. So um, I wonder if... Uh, and, and this really we should be doing at the end, but I feel to say it right at the beginning, and so I'm going to honour that and say if if there is any part of you that wobbles as you hear this, what would you say in in the strength of who you are, Gabrielle? You, you knew from five, mm-hmm. and we'll put the link to that blog on there. You knew from five. You just had that inkling, mm-hmm. and you didn't see there was anything wrong with it. But today I see a woman... In the studio with me, who just embraces who she is. How did you get to feel so at ease in your body? Was it something that happened very young, or is it something that, as your life has
2: progressed, you found that ease in your body? Um, I think I was very, very solid in what I actually felt deep down inside about my expression in sexuality and my preference. Um, but I didn't relate it to sexuality. I actually related it to love. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough. So it was straight up it was about love, you know, the people that that I've said before, for me it was a heart resonating moment, a heart resonating experience where I actually you know, there were men and women all around me and I love men, I love boys and I love my relationship with boys when I was younger but I didn't fall in love with boys. Like for me, when I would look at a woman or the 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 woman that uh, there was something there, there was something deeper in the connection, that resonated with me. So for me, the strengthening happened because I allowed myself to choose from my heart what I felt, not actually from the sexuality. But I remember having a conversation with my mum one time when she was really struggling from her ideals and beliefs from Catholicism and her ethnic background to sort of accept what was going on with me and my sexuality I remember saying to her with quite an impassioned voice it's I didn't choose this And it's not even about genetics. Yeah. And I said, do you think, because she couldn't get her head around it, you know, for her it wasn't normal, so Mm -hmm. to speak. I said to her, do you think that I would put myself through so much judgment and prejudice when you know I hate all of that, to live this way under such scrutiny? Because that's what it was like when I was first coming out because I'm, 55 now so it was quite a while ago when i came out um if it was something i was doing because it was trendy or cool or i was influenced by other people Mm -hmm. no way Mm -hmm. and i remember that being such a huge thing for her to feel and it actually it actually um changed her understanding because she it 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 cut the way that she was thinking and it just I I think it shocked her into realizing why would anyone put themselves through that if it wasn't true for them so I would say to the listener that is unsure about all of these things that first of all just know in your heart what you feel is true and live that and be prepared to take a risk to express and experience that. And you don't have to tell anyone about it until you feel solid and you trust what you actually feel. So you might, you might have a feeling about your sexuality, but it's, it has to be experienced. It's going to be different when you kiss somebody of the same sex and feel and realize what that actual experience feels like in your body. It's going to be different when if you choose to be um, to go into a relationship with somebody of the same sex and you actually live with them day to day and experience that, so allow yourself the freedom without pressurizing pressurizing yourself or reducing yourself or limiting yourself in such a way as to not be able to let your body feel the experience because. Our bodies tell the truth, they don't mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. Our bodies will say, I like that person, I want to get close with them, I want to be with them. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to sit in your head debating or trying to change the way that you think to, to be with what society requires you to be or what, the, what your friends or your peers will accept from you or what your family will say for you beautiful mm. anything it's hard to follow that it? because
0: it's <laughs> true Come it back. Is true. come back to making it about love and 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 we would not put ourselves through the judgment and the scrutiny mm. if it wasn't something that meant so much it was so true to That's you
1: absolutely true to you yeah i mean i <clears throat> I don't know if I'm just recalling you sharing that story with me before Gabe or if I'm actually connecting to I'm pretty sure I had the same conversation.
2: <laughs> with yeah, the, with, with my mum. I don't think I've ever told no, you No, I don't story. think you
1: have, so um I'm certain I said exactly the same words as in do you think I would choose this if it wasn't, you know, and not in a way to say woe is me, this is terrible being oh. gay, but as <laughs> it cuz I've never ever felt like that. And for me it's like I'm um, been very proud of it. I've got no issue with it whatsoever. So it wasn't in I love that, s- that
0: about you by the way. Yeah. <laughs> love that about Yeah.
1: You. So um but yeah, it just in terms of the of what comes at you. Yeah. When you when you do declare that when you make that announcement publicly that this is this is part of your expression. And uh, the word I I got stuck on a word earlier when the, the word about the, the that period of time was it was very disturbing. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, similarly with what comes at you when you, when for a lot of people, when you, um, you know, profess to, to, to feeling this way about your sexuality or this is who you are, what comes at you is very disturbing.
0: How interesting is while I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm realising that the words you're using and, and, and what you're saying, this could be so easily transferred to a conversation with a woman who chooses to wear a full hijab yeah. um, about what comes at you when you are prepared to wear your religion as, as your outer wear, yeah. you know, um, when it goes against what everybody else, so a cr- a wearing a cross is acceptable. But, you know, if, if you decide to wear headscarf, that is suddenly not acceptable. Depending on where you
2: are in the world, you know, um, I and think also we have to see people the
0: similarity
2: absolutely. And I was also thinking about people with disabilities, yep, as well. Having, you know, when you are uh, looked at in society as different, then you're cast into a group that's separate, mm-hmm. and then it's like it's almost like the, the rest of society, whether they like to believe it or not demands of you or expects of you to actually um, situate yourself within society. So prove to society that you belong, that you fit in mm-hmm. in some way. In that it's, picture. It's kind How of do you fit into my picture? My
0: <laughs> <laughs> picture is X, Y and Z. It's can like you, Donald Trump saying it was very must. difficult to watch the disabled Olympic, you know, the, the
1: Special Olympics. And you'd go, dude, seriously. Yeah. And you must fit within the lines that I've ordained Other lines. Yes,
0: yes. And those lines are there for a reason. It keeps order <laughs> in my world. It helps me understand the world. But we, we ask people who are different to explain their difference. Mm. Yes, justify. Yeah, well, I think we need to go to some music. Otherwise, I might, yes, we might.
1: Oh, don't even go there. Which presumes <laughs> that the normal is correct. What's yes. presumed is normal is well, therefore presumed as being correct that's why the, the person that is the minority or the that chooses a, a so-called odd behavior has to justify how they fit into the normal
0: who's mm. <laughs> normal hey normal at the moment dare i say it is serious obese major problems with diabetes <laughs> major problems with cardiovascular disease lung disease um, lifestyle illnesses being the biggest killer oh I shouldn't go on, right? <laughs> you are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We might, um, we might go in our next section about what it is like actually growing up and, and so what the process was for you at school Um, because I think all the way through this we can help families who now are Mm. having a conversation that perhaps they were ill-prepared for from their parents and their community. So really that we make this all the way through about how we as a community can learn how to support our community that we're we're now in with these um, uncluttered glasses that we now view the world through. Uh, you're listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and Stay in the Loop with Lucy. On my show today, we've got Gabrielle Caplice and Annette Baker. Welcome back. Thanks, Hi. Lucy. We have been talking about same-sex relationships and we are completely clear that we could be talking about so many other topics. So as you're listening to this, really just see if what we're saying transfers to any other um uh, anything else you've had to come out about? <laughs> yeah, well said. <laughs> I think you'll be surprised at how many things you've had to claim and, and stand out, out from the norm. The fact come about that, that you're
1: a nerd. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh.
0: I like books. <laughs> okay, so now um, what was it like growing up for you, Annette, in your household Um knowing that there was a tension through puberty. Wait, I mean, where did, it, where did it
1: start for you? Where did you suddenly um, go? Yeah, for me, <laughs> <laughs> we often share this story that um, for, for both of us, we've both had crushes on people our whole life. So right <laughs> from kindergarten, I remember my first crush. But for me, right throughout um, uh, what, what ordered infants and primary and into high school, um, my crushes were all on boys. Um, never had any success with boys though. (laughs) (laughs) They they never felt the same way back. (laughs) So I was, you know, heartbroken most of my life. (laughs) It was all very unrequited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I remember, um, uh, I don't know, around eight or nine, somewhere around there. Um, we would go skiing every year and with a group of people and there was a woman that used to go to that who I, you know, realised I had a crush on her. So I think for about three years in a row or three years over a period of time we went skiing and I would look forward to seeing her. So that was my first awareness of a feeling of like, oh, that's, that's not the norm, And that's she different. was aware
0: as well, the other woman was aware.
1: Of my crush? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, she was an older woman. Like oh, I, was, I, th- I was eight or nine and oh. she, was, she was probably in her...
2: I think you should tell the story. So <laughs> <laughs> something
0: shifted in the room. So was I, was a, I was
1: a kid, yeah. and, but I was sharing a room with the other women. So mm-hmm. there was these three older women that were on the skiing trip and, and I was the only other female. Um, my mum didn't go every time because she didn't ski. So I think I remember on this occasion I don't think she was there. So I was in a room with these women. And, of course, skiing, they went out, you know, at night time. I couldn't because I was nine years old, and one night they came back from being out, and I sat up in bed out of my sleep and questioned where <laughs> where where this woman had been. Like I was obviously there was a feeling of jealousy or missing oh. out that I hadn't been able to be out with them. So that was my first um, real sensation or awareness of the mm. fact that I had feelings about, or I could have feelings about women. Mm. You know, alongside having all these crushes on boys, so and then later on in um, my t- mid-teens, I, I'd have to say, I did fall in love with my best friend, as you do, mm-hmm. and and really had strong feelings for her, but nothing was nothing was ever going to happen there. Um, and then when I was, uh, so I was very aware that that there was potentially something there for me and I had always been a tomboy and just not that that actually not that that guarantees that a girl is gay if she's a tomboy but for me it was definitely part of uh what how I felt about myself and so then I think it was 18 yeah I was 18 almost 19 and I was working in a restaurant and I was serving this serve this woman who I just really it was love at first sight. I fell mm-hmm. in love with her. I completely manipulated to get a job where she worked so that I could meet her officially. Wow. <laughs> wow. And eventually she became my first first girlfriend, which mm-hmm. is the occasion of of me coming out to my family. Um I was had been seeing a guy just around that time, and pretty quickly left that situation to be with her. So I went straight into my first relationship with her, which lasted four years. So um, basically, on our first date, if you could call it that, mm-hmm. um, is the next the next morning I came home and declared to my to my mum how I, what was happening and and wow yeah so.
0: That's extraordinary. So you you expressed straight away. You didn't keep anything back. And that is is that something that you do through your life? You quite transparent in that you you are. You just when you know something, you are absolutely right. This is this is me.
1: I would say so, pretty much. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. I can say yes to that. Yeah, <laughs> Gabe lives <laughs> with it. Um, look, the the circumstance of me. Coming out to my mum was not um, – whilst it was of my own choosing, I I think I would have done that anyway. It was also forced because it was – I think it was the first night I had stayed out all night. Yeah. And so then, of course, the questions were – Where have you been? She'd been worried about me all night. Where Mm -hmm. was I? And um, so it all came out – not in a pleasant way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't a great conversation, I have Mm -hmm. to say that, but – that's how that's how it erupted basically from from behavior that was not normal for me Mm -hmm. as in staying out all night Mm -hmm. I mean I used to stay out at night but not all night and Mm -hmm. not come home and also then I don't suppose there was the way of letting
0: anybody know because there there were no mobile mobile phones phones then no
1: i not not that I think I had an intention of letting anyone know because it was like what am I going to say I'm yeah I'm out with this woman and I'm not coming home yeah that's Yeah. yeah Well,
0: funnily enough, I'm, I'm out with my girlfriends and I'm not coming home wouldn't actually raise any concern in yeah. people if they didn't actually, it, because the, people don't automatically think if you're out with your girlfriends that it's a date situation <laughs> or a girlfriend, True. it's a date situation. Yeah. So. You know that what I'm sharing with you is that there isn't that manipulative bone in your body no. in a way because for you it was just you knew how you felt therefore you couldn't. Have I suspect it a I would way. have just as mm. as you
1: say that's how I do express so I suspect I would have if if I yeah. had had a phone mm. I would have just said I'm out with my girlfriend yeah. I'm out you know yeah. with this person who is now my partner. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Gabrielle, for you. Uh, was it was was it a spontaneous conversation or was it more considered?
2: Oh God, no! It wasn't spontaneous at all. It was um, I was absolutely terrified of having that conversation. And you mentioned something about school, Lucy. I just wanted to say I know it's different now at schools um, with uh, with uh, sexuality. Um, and the choice of sexuality. I don't think people are ostracized as much, particularly in this country. But, I mean, I'm sure that it still happens, that isolation. But I went to an all-girls school. Uh, it wasn't religious, but even the hint of anyone being interested in the same sex would have absolutely sent terror through all of the students like it was the last thing that anyone wanted to be identified with so I was completely in the closet at school even though I was in love with a girl at school and I absolutely adored my French teacher Mm. (laughs) Um, and both of those people knew Mm -hmm. exactly my feelings Um, but yeah at, at school it was like it was so not the done thing. It was like the l I'm um, I mean, I think it would it 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 would have been total rejection to come out at school at at that particular time. Um and yet there must have been a number of other people
0: in the same situation as you oh for sure. Girl school, hundreds of mm. people, you know,
2: the statistics would say so carry on absolutely Uh, one thing that i wanted to bring up um and i know that is relevant now because we've had parents with children who have come to us or teenagers who've come to us to talk about their sexuality um i think parents go through a lot finding out about this because You know, some parents are are completely on board with it and embrace it, but a lot of them really are really worried about what's the future in relationship if my child is gay? Are they going to be lonely? Because the gay scene and particularly back in the day when I was coming out, it it was very transient. Relationships Mm. looked like you just hook up with one person here, there and everywhere and you didn't, because of the pressure and the emotional pressure of living, being gay, it was rare that you stayed for a long term in relationship because you didn't have the support around you Mm -hmm. and you probably didn't have the confidence that you could sustain that relationship emotionally. And so there... there is that becomes an issue, and I'm sure that parents get extremely concerned about what will happen to their child if this is the case. The other thing, too, is that a lot of children or young people um, with sexuality in in this um in this range, um, they also often harm themselves and have suicide ideation, as we know. And parents get very concerned about that. We've had clients who have come to us with with circumstances like that. And they mightn't even be out to their parents, mm-hmm. but they're more likely to harm themselves as a result of feeling isolated and not having enough reflection around them to, in a, in a solid sense, to see that relationships can be long-lasting. Yep. Gay relationships can be long-lasting. Um, and it's not represented in you know movies a lot or in society a lot you you don't see it as much you know so all of those reflections are very very important for for us building trust in relationships and so i can understand parents you know their their um their fear mm-hmm. About what's going to happen with their kids based on that which brings us back to the what your mother said to you
0: and how you cut the energy with your mum when you said, "Do you think that I would put myself in this position and And hers is her concern is coming from fear of you know how what well also what are my friends going to say what How are you going to be judged by those who mm. have loved you to date because she can feel the ripple effect? Of people's own processes, mm. it dumped on you mm. this person that and she loves you so much she wants to actually put her arms around you and protect you from that as well, which I don't think as parents we necessarily consciously know we do, but we clearly can feel that judgment and that and that is what we're trying to hold at bay.
2: well, mm. I think it also brings up for the parent you know how do I deal with, deal with that difference,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, because it brings up their own relationship with belonging in the world mm-hmm. and their differences. Like um, we spoke to a mother recently about this and she was concerned that in, outside of the family there were no role models for her son with regards gay relationships that were healthy. But it was actually bringing up in her more her own relationship with being different and fitting in with the world and fitting in with society and what looks normal and how everyone's going to view this. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't speaking to the son. He didn't have the same problem. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't thinking about that himself, but she was Mm. as as his mum so it sort of brings up for
1: everyone all of this stuff yeah there's many things that it brings up I mean for parents often they will think what did I do wrong could I have done something different because they either whether they think that it's wrong or they know that society will view it that way so that's, that's still internally those questions come up for them what what could I have done differently I know for um, probably for a lot of mothers. I'm sure for my mum in the early days, it was like, "But you're a woman and you're not going to have children." Not that being gay yeah. means you're not going to have children, Absolutely. but it was it was clear that now, I made that I made mm-hmm. that very clear that I also didn't want to have children. Yeah. Um. So there's those concerns because again, all of that doesn't fit the picture, doesn't yeah. fit the, the lines. So like what what is your life going to look like? Outside of this box, you, you're going to be in a relationship with women in your life, you're not going to have children, who's going to look after you when you're older. I'm sure all of those things go through the minds of parents, even, even if they're accepting of it. Yes.
0: Also, um, when you say, what did I do wrong? You know, we work very hard from the moment a baby comes into this world to dress it gender-specific, um, give it the toys that, you know, are going to be what they feel, you know, a, a child would like to play with. Um, they would take them to the football. I took you to so many football games and, and, and they're so manly. How can you turn out to, you know, be gay? But I look at... I mean, I can only speak from my children... And I feel they will—they will be whoever they are. They will be who, with whoever they with. They do not change in their essence, who they are, regardless of what color clothing I put on them. Um, I was a tomboy. I mean, I, I thought that I thought my dad wanted a boy. I tried to be as much of a boy <laughs> as I could be to make sure that he loved me. But there was no question that I also was not going to date a number of very lovely men. Yeah. You know, for me, that was my, you know, uh, dating boys was what I enjoyed doing. But I also wanted to be a tomboy. I did actually want to reject the fact that I was a female. Mm. So, you know, <laughs> go figure, put all of that in a pot. It's not It's not what your parents do. No. It is something that is so innately within. Um, and I I wonder if parents complicate the pot by putting all of their issues and insecurities and their their upbringing and their pictures of life onto such, onto young shoulders or emerging shoulders. Mm. Mm. I don't know. One to ponder on. We might go to some more music. We will have um, Robbie Boyd and Heaven's Joy singing Hold You because I feel like we might need a little bit of holding right now you're listening to triple h 100.1 fm and stay in the loop with lucy when we come back we're going to talk about what it's like now that you can get married um you enter the world of normal Mm. with the rest of us with separation divorce And I think we have to be really honest and say that domestic violence is just as apparent in same-sex relationships as it is in heteronormative. Thank you. Whatever, that (laughs) word. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM and stay in the loop with Lucy, my guest today, Gabrielle Caplice and Annette Baker. Hello. Good morning. We've been talking about same-sex relationships. They have been in a relationship for 17 years and um, we have been talking about how... Um, all of a sudden, society felt the need to validita- validate. Validate. Uh, validate. Thank you. <laughs> validate their relationship. Um, in a way, it's just so crass, it's a bit difficult. But equally, I think it's important to bring some understanding about why that needed t- to come around. And we were talking about the pictures that we live to as a society and trying to fit inside those pictures. And there are so many people that don't fit into those pictures, mm. like someone with a disability, like someone who has um, a, a religion that doesn't fit within. I mean, there are people who, in the Muslim world, work so hard to justify the fact that they have a faith. Um, that this, I think, show is, is turning into one that is applicable to so many different areas. But now it's all better because you can get married. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not really a fan of sarcasm, so I really shouldn't do that. But I do feel that we have a mentality that, that I have in, you know, when, when I was getting married, everyone was, you know, it was like that benchmark or that that thing that you do and life starts or something changes. Well, I woke up on the morning of my wedding the same way as I woke up you know, any other day. And I woke up the day after my wedding on the same as I had any other time. I mean, it was, there was no real earth shattering difference. And although in the body, there is a a feeling of settlement in a way, which I'm guessing is what you were both describing when you said the yes vote finally came through. Mm. It's almost as if something has changed and you have, I don't know, I, I want to say entered a club. You know, you've been accepted into this picture <laughs> um and it, that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Because when you finally go, "Oh, I'm accepted," you kind of go, "Oh, okay, uh, what have I just been accepted into that judged me before and now tells me I'm okay so let's let's unpack that a little and ask, has anything really changed from over the fifty five years, fifty years or over the thirty years or overnight? from when it was not cool to be gay to now where it's perhaps more socially acceptable to be gay.
2: Mm. Um, I'd just like to say uh, when the Senate voted, what was really astounding and so beautiful to observe and brought tears to my eyes was the standing ovation Mm. that occurred. And it really felt like all over the world we were moving closer and more... Um, there was a new imprint and a way forward towards more truth that w- all of us, each of us, recognized in our bodies that what had happened before with this separation and this dislocation of people was not true and this was a step towards truth and, more, and a more loving way to be and harmonious way to be in society. So that felt amazing to witness and feel and Annette and I have felt the difference of that around us wherever we where, wherever you travel and go people you can feel their confirming of us in our relationship whereas before sometimes you would still feel the prejudice and the stare and the and the conjecture but now it's completely different because there's there was an absolute joy with this vote for the majority of people, and you can feel that in the in the, in the community wherever you go, people yeah, are like. I agree. I had a hand in accepting, in, in voting for you to be accepted. Yeah, that love is love. Yeah, mm. that it is about. That this is a truth, and that our society is healthier. It's more more loving as a result of this movement. So, um, I feel that that is relevant. However. I, do, I know that there will probably be a, lot, be a lot of listeners who will probably say, well, things have changed. They have changed in schools. Kids are not ostracised like this anymore. They're, but there is still an uncomfortability and there is still uh, confrontation over these things. I know because I hear things amongst young kids when they're talking and I've seen young boys together, you know, when they want to, puts put one of their mates down for what they're wearing and saying things like oh that's so gay you know well if they take too much time to get ready you're so gay yeah yeah Mm. you know or even worse words that we use that have to to label people so there are still there's still uh, things that need to be expedited Mm. out of the way that we express and communicate Mm. as a society at large Mm. to do with sexuality yeah because it
0: shuts them down doesn't it it shuts down a young person expressing because they they know that those words that they might have been using in jest with another mate might well come back on them
1: yeah and there's no question that i mean the 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 vote through the plebiscite wasn't 100% of the community that said yes. So there's no question that there are still households that where if a young person, you know, announces to their family that they are gay, that that is going to be accepted. And so there still needs to be a lot of support in our communities to, to support young people or people at any age. A lot of people come out when they're, when they're older, they've gone well into their adult life and felt they've had to suppress Mm. that. And then, Make the decision to you know what i don 't want to live you know hiding who I am anymore, so there still is the need very much so for for support in our households, our families, our friend groups, our communities to um, help guide those people through and 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 also support the people who feel that they can't support it mm. um, so that's that's probably going to take some time in in Australian culture to turn around to be more widely accepted and to be considered just absolutely normal to a point where as we like to say perhaps one day nobody even has to come out. Well I didn't come out to my parents. <laughs> for being heterosexual. For being heterosexual. Yeah, exactly. no,
0: I didn't have to explain I'm really sorry I'm dating a guy. Yeah. Um, I, you know I didn't have to do
1: any of that <laughs> so why
0: should, exactly. why should anybody else?
1: But so just because we have now got same-sex marriage legalised doesn't mean that those situations aren't going to occur. So Mm. it may take a couple of generations before it's really, you know, not an
0: issue at all. And I also, I always like to throw in that that sort of greater understanding as well of other, of uh, if a parent can't or a family member can't, they are not necessarily doing it because they don't love you, but they are controlled mm. by something that has kept them safe all of their lives. It's an ideal, it's a picture, it's an it's a, a way they've understood and looked at the world. And sometimes it's not that they don't love you. They are intention themselves for not being able to let go of that so that they can embrace you. They might be encased in a a straight jacket that says they cannot love you because of what what you're doing but they're torn up inside because they cannot deny the fact that there is such a deep love and connection innately between you. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in, in parents and in situations not all of them related to to um you know the gender of the child or the sexuality that the the child is choosing it's 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 in so many different walks of life and i've really built an understanding that it's not necessarily about a lack of love for someone it's Mm. a straight jacket that feels vice like Mm. that encapsulates them that they that, that bringing understanding and allowing space and time helps so You, for example, have just shared that it wasn't an overnight thing that they accepted you for who you are and and what your choices were. It took time and space, allowing space and grace. Mm. So I wonder if that is a top tip that maybe we can advise both sides to not just see it as, you know, one day it's going to look one way, another day it's going to look another and
1: Everything's going to be rosy. You know, a, a, a great tip would be just to be... Be open to having a, a continual ongoing conversation about it, but not in a way that is demeaning of any one side, no. any one party, but just to to almost like a a, a commitment to towards coming to full acceptance mm. and and be have the space to be able to continue to have those conversations so that those who don't understand it or, or cannot seem to understand it have the space to explore. Explore that, explore why they can't understand it and break it down so that it, it is, all the issues go away. Because it is, it's, as you say, it's not, it's not a question of whether they love you or not, but it is a question of what their interpretation of what yeah. love is or what love can be. Yeah. Because if you have loved someone and, they have, and you have felt their love back, let's say parent and child all of a sudden overnight when you find out they're gay, does that mean that their ability to love, which you have had first-hand experience of, all of a sudden that ability for them to love changes? Mm. It doesn't.
2: No. Well, what about, you know, um, the fact that homophobia is still alive and well in workplaces and amongst people in the sense that, you know, and I know this because I've talked to clients about it, um, in our relationship counselling practice that people feel nervous to actually share the truth of who they are to their friends um, and work colleagues for just in case the work colleague then starts to go oh my god are you going to hit on me Mm -hmm. are you interested in me somehow and hate to say it but just because you're gay doesn't mean that you are attracted to everyone of the same sex. Surely not. But That's another picture smashed. <laughs> yeah. I, I really used to hate that, hate that sort of um, uh, judgment mm. that would occur, you know, when you would, you know, start a new job and all the girls around you would find out that you're gay and then start to feel a little bit intimidated Weird. or weirded out by any familiarity or any affection affection or anything like that that you might offer just in case it was like you were coming on to them it's like it's re- ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and it, it
1: kind of comes with and because we're both super affectionate people so yeah. then you feel like you've got to back off just being your normal yeah but that again <laughs> what comes at you with that attitude and it's so like oh, is it's, it's, it, it, it's like it comes with sex fiend <laughs> Oh know? my like, Lord. it's really horrible yeah, really horrible. There, there but is, that's part of the attitude of yeah. what's wrong with gay—is that yeah. it's it's all a, and lifestyle. Yeah, is completely. You know, when people say lifestyle, in terms of mm. your your gayness, we've got bunny ears going. They're around talking about, by the way, who you how what kind of sex you're having. How yeah. do they know what kind of sex you're having?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and presuming that that's all there is in your relationship. Yeah. but but we could be talking about a heterosexual relationship here, you know, as well, because girls. All of a sudden, think that any man in the room has to fancy them, yeah there must be you must be attracted to me in some way, so it's actually the insecurity surely of each of us that we project onto a female that you 're going to feel safe and project onto a, the opposite sex, whether it's male female um that, that you don't feel safe mm. that and that may be. Though That may be an unspoken rule of where you're safe and not safe and, and with the dynamics between people in relationships, that one has to be a potential
1: <laughs> and the other one <laughs> is
0: not. Oh, tumbleweed moment there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. So in a relationship, a uh, a, a same-sex relationship that is ongoing there are still the same issues that you have to work at there's still the issues of decency and respect absolutely that doesn't change and also of separation and perhaps divorce that's going to be the future now you have a great you Hmm. have a great attitude to this and that let's let's just put out there
1: i'll try not to tap into my old fondness for sarcasm as you (laughs) (laughs) but um no look a lot of the Um, a lot of the defence for the no campaign was that um, approving or legalising, sorry, same-sex marriage would somehow tarnish the institution of marriage. And my take on that, and I'm not (laughs) alone, is that, and I mean this in no judgmental way, but just purely based on on statistics statistics and history, is that... Because
0: we like statistics. We We like statistics.
1: um, Is that Heterosexuals have done a mighty fine job of uh, tarnishing the institution of marriage, so don't be concerned about same-sex couples coming along and doing that because it's already been done.
0: Mm. Dumboid moment, <laughs> <laughs> another one We're coming in droves today.
1: But perhaps Absolutely. with the with the yes vote and more people, same-sex, well, just more of the population being able to contribute to the statistics of marriage. Yes, who knows what what change that might um, show up or reveal. And and I'm not saying, not suggesting by any means that same sex um, partnerships don't have their problems and that there's not abuse. There is all Mm -hmm. the same issues, Mm -hmm. but let's see what, what is possible now that Mm -hmm. marriage is available to everyone. And we are now seeing, you know, and and the consciousness can move more towards the fact that love is love Mm -hmm let's see what that does for our society.
2: I think it's going to be very consolidating for a lot of um, young gay people and in their sexuality and and the choice to get married. Previously I think the uh, gay sexuality has been looked at and observed as promiscuous and it has been particularly during the 80s and and the Lates. image
0: of Mardi Gras,
2: mm. you all of know,
0: that it does it does feed and fuel that image, yeah,
2: absolutely, and that they're just having fun that and it's all just you know sex drugs rock and roll, sensuality mm. and desire, and it's all just about that, but I think that it'll be consolidating for young people, particularly and older people who have been in the closet, potentially to challenge themselves to deepen in their relationships and to actually have a relationship that lasts the distance. Now that we have we have the ability to get married, whereas previously we were outside of that institution and yeah. outside of those that legislation, it was almost like you could just do whatever you wanted to do but you weren't really legit. But now that it is, I think it'll encourage a lot of people to stabilize in their relationships and and want to deepen and want to settle down and to honor the relationship which yeah, is lovely that can mm. only
0: be positive yeah i think
2: i think it's i think we might see that yeah. i mean, i think we might see more people like i
1: on a deeper level
2: absolutely i'd love to think that a young um gay teen at 15 would fall in love with his or her um, i mean his her, partner his partner and say okay i want to i want to settle down with you yeah you know for the rest of my life yeah. you know if, if that's a possibility there and that yeah. we could have families that celebrate that and celebrate the longevity of the relationship rather than feel the risk of you know he'll he'll probably move from one partner to another or it may, it may also have an effect on the open relationships that a lot of gay people have mm-hmm. because um, there is this ability to commit now on mm. a deeper level that society has offered them this situation. A, p- a, p- a
1: more public declaration, legal yeah. public declaration of, of commitment. More visibility, yeah.
2: You know, I can go and get a bank loan with my partner and they can be on the mortgage. You know, if my partner is sick, or go to hospital. It's all, it has meaning now. Mm. We're not separate. Stunning. Look, I this show has, uh,
0: I feel, um, been chipping away at things that we have, uh, that's held love out and the understanding of what love is out from our society as a whole. So I really would like to say thank you very much for being in the studio, for giving us some really great uh, pointers for families who are, and school teachers and um, mm. community people who are who are working with within their community uh, to be able to be more loving and more understanding and just. Uh, I, I don't even want to use the word accepting because actually it's the understanding mm. that we need to bring. It's mm. not, I don't think anybody cares if there's an acceptance or not. It's actually bring understanding and see where that goes. Mm. Thank you very much. Any last words?
2: Nothing, Luce. I, I've just enjoyed so much sitting with you and Annette and talking. It's been very beautiful and, yeah. and just feeling the listeners as well too. Thank you for staying with us. Yeah, it's true, isn't it?
0: You can feel the listeners. Yeah, Yeah.
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, Look, I think it's just, it sounds so goofy, so corny, (laughs) but just really what we're talking about is just love one another. Yeah. That's
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Look, thank you very much. I know that you both have to be off somewhere now, so I'm going to say thank you and I'll, I'll close the show with you here but not here. Absolutely, Luce. Thank you so much. Um, it's 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 a rarity that uh, we get to be able to. It's a rarity that we be able to get to be able to have these conversations. So it's in deep appreciation that we have been able to that we've had the openness to do so with behaviours in relationships becoming more extreme and poor mental health and physical health on the increase. I suspect we'll have to go back to looking at what is respectful and loving in a relationship to ensure we're addressing it in all of our interactions, regardless of age, gender, ethnicity or denomination. We make love our founding principle and express that through kindness, caring, decency, respect and some foundational self-care and self-love. Next week, we're going to talk to Janelle Spate about the Novus Dinner, which is happening next Saturday night. It's a major fundraiser in the area for local youth groups. There's an online auction site, which means we can take part even if we're not there, and I'll add a link should you be interested in taking part in that and i'll also be talking to rebecca guy from Rotoract, the younger branch of rotary and you may remember that evan from um by christmas special was also a member of rotaract so they're quite a dynamic bunch i do hope you'll join us live on triple h 100.1 fm or on stay in the loop with lucy um, podcast whenever you get to them don't forget, I am on iTunes, uh, Podcast, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Um, um, one of the things that I think will be really great is if you would like to do further reading, the podcast for this show will have a whole load of links to the background about, you know, how Australia came ab- about to say yes. We'll have links to the plebiscite. We'll have links links to some articles that Gabrielle has written and Annette has written about. Um, their experiences growing up but there's also a video for those of you who who would be who would like to see this conversation going any further on a website called unimedliving.com it's called love is love and life after the vote it's a beautiful interview I think it only went up yesterday I happened to catch it as it went up and um, I feel it complements what we've said today really well so um, I'll put again that link up on the website, but just felt to share that with you now. So regardless of what has always happening to you in your life, remember you are and you always will be you and you are amazing. The key is to reconnect to that space and learn to build a relationship with your body so you can recognize when your body is trying to tell you something's not quite right. And then seek support with the approach, appropriate support service, be that mental or physical health, to build the tools to address what you do not yet feel equipped to manage. Look for support in the community. It is there. And we just need to learn sometimes to open up to that support and to trust again. So don't wait for life to come to you. Take yourself to life and be the change you want to see. Till next week's show, remember to take a moment to look after you, connect with the amazing people in our community, Be kind, be caring, be love, be all of you. You've been listening to Stay in the Loop with Lucy on Triple H 100.1 FM.